Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you've got your Bibles, open with me to Jeremiah 17. We're going to be continuing our series today. If you're joining us online, grateful for you. Hope to see you soon. It says in Jeremiah 17 and verse 5, it says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good calm. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Look at this. Whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. We're going to continue our series today. This is the title of today's message, Just Needs a Little Water. Just Needs a Little Water. Come on, let's pray together. And I want to encourage you as we pray, why don't you pray specifically for God to speak to you today, speak to you in a way that He never has before. Why don't you have the kind of expectation today that God could do what only he can do, which is blow you away by speaking to you in a powerful way. So come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. God, we give you praise. Lord, we honor you in the high place of our life. And we ask that you would come, that you would speak to us through your word today. Father, we're, we're not up for another church service. We want an encounter with you. And so, Father, I just pray to that end that you would just use the the scriptures today, you would use your word today and it would be like a scalpel in our lives. It would be like something that that just drives down deep into us and removes all the foreign objects that aren't meant to be there, God. The enemy's tried to get us to hold on to. Remove them, God, through the power of your word today. Father, we thank you that we're here, covered by the Holy Spirit. And we ask you that you would come and do what only you can do, Lord, which is wow us, Lord with your power and your strength through your word. And we thank you for Colonial Kids. We're grateful that they're also experiencing the same thing right now, that they're they're in your house and they're being planted as well. In Jesus' name, we all said. So we're in a series called Planted and Flourishing. If you missed last week's message, that's between you and God. But we're in a series and I really want you to catch up. If If you're behind, go ahead and catch up. Um, but this is part three this week. But we've been on a journey from Psalm 92 talking about being planted in the house of God and how important it is that, that, that we are planted in the house because when we're planted, the Bible says we will flourish. It's a promise. I don't know, any, I've never met anyone that wouldn't want to flourish, wouldn't want to be blessed, wouldn't want to see increase, wouldn't want to see fruit. But the reality is that It takes also being planted. So we started off by talking about the fact that all God needs is a seed. The world wants a finished product, but the kingdom only needs a seed. Let's not despise the day of small beginnings. 
the brand newness of a seed, the simplicity of a seed, that God just needs a seed. That was week one. Week two was embracing the dirt. Last week I talked about the process of soil and, and getting planted means there might be some, some, some uncomfortableness. That there might be some weeds that show up. And in fact, there will be weeds that show up. But we've got to be people with an overcoming spirit willing to deal with the weeds that come. The two weeds, offense and unforgiveness, are the worst of all. They'll take out the whole crop, take out the whole garden. We've got to be willing to pull them up by the root. But today, I want to talk about water. I want to talk about the water of your spiritual life. When I was a kid, I was infatuated with water. From a young, young boy, just loved the beach, loved surfing. I grew up on, uh, in the water, on the water, always wanting to be by the water. But there was a problem in my life as a kid is I lived an hour from the beach. I had serious issues with my parents' choice of suburb. <laughs> in fact, I was so infatuated with, with my desire to be in the water and surf and be at the beach, I would take a bus every Saturday morning, a public bus. In fact, two buses. I would take the 536 from Hunters Hill where I live to Chatswood Interchange and I would change buses with my surfboard and a backpack. First bus was 35 minutes. The next bus was the bus that went down to the beach and that was another 45 minutes on a Saturday morning backpack and surfboard so I could surf all day. And I would only have enough money for the return journey and a meat pie. And I was the happiest kid you could imagine on a Saturday being in the water. I loved the water and I still love the water today. Nothing's changed today. I have a semi-obsession with water. Here, the prophet Jeremiah, the scripture we read, he likens the people of God being restored into their land, into Jerusalem, into the promise of God, because that's what Jerusalem represented to the people of God. It was God's promise to them. Uh, it, it represents, um, he talks about how the people there would be like trees that are planted by water, uh, um, nourished by water, and the roots would shoot towards the stream. You know, the reality is, is that's not, what our life is supposed to be in a, in a literal sense. None of us are trees. None of us have roots. It's not a literal thing. It's a spiritual parallel for us to come around today. But I just want you to think about naturally what water means. It's the second most important and critical resource for us as humans. Okay, the, you know, the three, the, the rule of threes, you can survive three minutes without air. You can survive three days without water. I couldn't do it, but apparently you could survive three weeks without food. Water is, is so significant naturally, but it's also significant spiritually. Water was used in the spiritual life of God's Old Testament people to be a representation of blessing, a representation of overflow, of increase. God would send the rain so that the people of God could water their crops, so they would get water, so that then they would be able to have an abundant harvest, so then they could experience prosperity. But water was also a sign of deliverance. Water was also a sign of deliverance. Think about Noah and the ark. Think about uh, God's people being um, taken by the hand of God out of Egypt. How did they do it? They went through the water. Think about um, 
Joshua and the, the conquest narrative, the overcoming people of God stepping over the Jordan River. What did God do? He took them through the water. Water is more significant than sometimes we think. It's critical in the Christian life to think about God's watering in our own lives. It's a natural example, but it's a spiritual parallel. Water is symbolic. It's symbolic of deliverance. It's also symbolic of renewal, nutrition. But how do we get watered as believers? You're talking about being planted, seed, soil, water. But what does that actually look like for us? What I wanted to give us today is the five wells that we draw on to be watered as believers. You ready? Number one is prayer. Number two is Bible reading. Number three is worship. Number four is church, being in church. Number five is groups. These are the five water wells. Prayer is the first part of our faith. I want you to think about it. How did your faith in Christ begin? It began with a prayer. It began with a, God, would you save me? Would you give me new life? It began with a simple prayer, but we're watered in prayer. And as we continue on that journey, can I just encourage you, be a praying person. Like Paul said, pray without ceasing. And I've had to train myself over the years to just keep talking to God. Keep the conversation going during the day. So prayer is one way. The second one is Bible reading, the living word. When it's opened and it's read, it's brought inside of us. It waters our soul. When we do that, it's, our soul gets watered, our spirit gets empowered, um, and it's important. So that's the second uh, well of being watered as a believer. The next one is worship. That's when we ascribe the highest value in our life to the Lord and we praise the King of Kings like we did this morning. Um, and, and we sing songs like, Jesus, have it all. And we're worshiping. Can I just encourage you? You're not just singing a song. You're being watered. There's a difference. So that's the third. The fourth is church. That's the, the corporate gathering of the saints. That's why it's important that, that, that we come together as believers. Don't listen to these people and say, well, it's, you, know, you don't have to go to church. No, 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 you do need to go to church because at church, you're watered. When we come together, there's a corporate gathering of people and, we, and God meant for it in the book of Acts. I think it's Acts chapter 5. It says that the, they continue to grow and they continue to, to receive the teaching in the temple and house to house. And that's the next one, church and then groups. But these are the water wells of believers. This is what we know. And if you don't know that, can I just encourage you, write those down and, 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 and build them into your life. Because these are the wells that we need. We need to draw upon these wells at all times. And that's how God waters us. But I want you to think about something for a minute. If you notice you get all of those in church. All of those in God's house. Let me ask you another question. Do you think God designed it that way? I think he did. I think he meant for his people to be planted in the house of God so they would get all five of those wells, that they would get watered in Jesus' name. So I've got three points today, something a little different. But I want to convince you of why you need the spiritual water today. Why you need spiritually to be watered in Jesus' name. You've got to understand some things about water. Number one, Water washes you. This is why it's important. Water washes you. Okay? Water is something that's needed for cleaning. Like sometimes Jill and I, we have to tell our sons, 
if you want to be clean, you have to get in the shower. But dad, I had a swim in the pool today. And yesterday and the day before. But if you want to wash, you need water. It's that simple. In biblical terms, water is significant because it it represents purification. In the Old Testament, there are purification rituals. In fact, if you wanted to go into the presence of God, the very first thing was to wash. Water washes us as believers. It always does. It, It always has. But water makes things clean spiritually. And God doesn't want to just wash you a little bit. So you ever notice this? Is that God doesn't do things in half measures. That's why he created this thing called baptism. It's a full immersion. And it's the method that God would use to illustrate on a natural level what he does on a spiritual level. Because water washes us, it delivers us. Remember I talked about water was a delivering thing. It delivers us from an unclean state to a clean state. But it's also what happens at the point of salvation. I just want to teach you some theology for a second. Did you know when you got saved, you were baptized, fully immersed by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ? That's what happened. You may be like, wow, that's new information. That's actually what happened. I'm going to show you the verse. But what happened was the Holy Spirit in that moment, this is why we talk about the Holy Spirit's role when we're doing moments in our church where we're praying for people to receive Jesus. The Holy Spirit is working in that moment. Because the Holy Spirit comes along and then baptizes you in the Spirit into the body of Christ and you become part of the church. You don't become part of the church when you sign on a dotted line. Which we don't do that in our church, by the way. You're just part of the family. Welcome in. Sit down at the table. Have something to eat. Here's a broom. (laughs) Because what happens is when you get saved, the Holy Spirit does that job. Why would you ever think that you have the right to tell someone they're part of the body of Christ? The Holy Spirit does that. Let me show you the verse, because I know you're waiting for it. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, for in one spirit, look at this, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. We were saved into the body of Christ through baptism, into the spirit of of Christ, into the body of Christ. It's a total miracle, and it is not man-made. That's why sometimes for new believers, it had had to happen with me, that people had to explain to me, hey, stop doing that because you're clean now. You don't need to live that life anymore because now you have a brand new life and you're clean. You've been washed clean. And what happens is, is we continue to stay clean as we're planted in the house of God. Could you imagine pouring Coke over a plant? I mean, that would be just crazy, right? The plant's not going to survive. It's not going to do well. It just needs a little water. And it's the same in our spiritual lives. Another example is here, 1 Peter 3, verse 21. It says, baptism, the immersion which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body. So he's talking about, this is bigger than a a natural thing. But as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27 says, For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There it is as well. Another translation says, You have been clothed, clothed with Christ. You don't just get a little bit baptized. You get dunked. And that's what happens when you say yes to Jesus, is you get fully immersed in the Spirit, fully delivered from the penalty of sin. Come on, somebody. Just like Noah and his family were saved, just like the people of God left Egypt, just like the people of God crossed over the Jordan, you crossed over as well into a clean slate, into a clean life. The water's important, and it's way more important then you think, I literally just this morning did, I, I just, God reminded me of this in the book of John. I did a quick study of John. There's, there's so many references to water in John, you wouldn't even notice it if you weren't looking closely. John chapter 1, John the Baptist's testimony. John chapter 2 is the wedding at Cana, where, where water gets turned into wine. John chapter 2, again, Jesus cleanses the temple. John chapter 3, Nicodemus uh, is told by Jesus, you need to be born of water and spirit. John chapter 4 is the woman at the well. John chapter 5 is the healing pool at Bethesda. Uh, John chapter 6, Jesus walks on water. Water washes us. And water is important for us as believers. And it goes on and on. Another example is when Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He uses, there's obviously some contextual things happening, but he uses the way that, that the word of God washes the believers it says in verse 25 of Ephesians 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Look at this, that he might sanctify her. That, that again is, is making clean. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. The pure water of the word washes us and baptizes us continually. Making us clean over and over and over again. You know when you come to church on a Sunday, you take a big old bath. When the Word of God is preached in a, in a, in a, in a Bible-based church, that's why if anyone says, oh, where should I go to church? My one condition would be a Jesus-focused Bible-based church because what happens is when you're sitting in church, what happens is there's a whole big baptism happening. You are being washed by the Word of God, sanctified by the Word of God. Come on, cleansed by the Word of God. Just one verse and it just washes all over you. Makes you clean. So number one, water washes you. That's why it's important. Number two, water makes you grow. Just like a plant, water is needed for growth. This is what I like to call the spiritual irrigation of our lives. Because when we get the water, sometimes it just needs a little water. The growth happens. What growth? Spiritual growth. There was a study done by the Center of Biblical Engagement that's become widely known now as the power of four. And this study was done to, to look at the behavior of believers as people that go to church, Christians, and the parallel or the connection between how much engagement in the word they get and the corresponding change in behavior. So some of the behaviors were, um, you know, sexual um, activity before marriage. One of the behaviors was getting drunk. Another one was gambling. Um, and I forgot the other one. 
Oh, yeah, um, involving yourself in pornography. And what they found was that if someone will get in the Word of God one day a week, the behaviors don't change. So if you get, if you get the Word one day a week, there's no change. If you get the Word two days a week, there's no change. If you get the Word of God three days a week, there's no change. No, no real change. But they found the moment that it goes from three days a week to four days a week, big change. Things really, really changed. And the odds shoot up of that person being able to overcome that thing, being able to change that behavior, being able to see growth in that area, being able to be able to walk away from that addiction, that thing. What changed? It went from being a minority to a majority of someone's week. What was it? The water. The water that makes you grow. It's the water that makes the difference. And I just want to encourage you, be a person that understands what water does. When you get those water wells in, when you, when you engage in those things that God has given you, things happen, you grow in Jesus. For the roots, for them to dig down, you need the water. But what happens is as you get the water, and this study showed four days a week, the, the roots go down deeper and make you stronger. When you come to church, you get the water. When you come to a worship night, you get the water. When you go to a prayer meeting, you get the water. When you come to the house of God or you show up to dinner party or a devotional, you get the water. But listen to me, friend, it means you grow. And if you're in here today, you're just like, man, I'm feeling stale. I'm feeling like my spiritual life is a bit dry. I'm feeling like I haven't seen an overcoming or a breakthrough. I feel like I've been dealing with the same thing. Can I just encourage you? What you need is not some method that comes from the world. What you need is some irrigation. You need the water of the Word and what God gives us because the water makes you grow. Here's the other thing is the water makes you stay because those roots go down deep towards the stream, it means that you, there's an unmovable nature to your faith. I was thinking about, I've been a Christian now for over 20 years, and I've experienced both by myself, but also with you, we've experienced hard times. We've experienced tough seasons. We've experienced dry land. We've experienced times where it's just like, man, this is really, really hard. Why have we stayed? This is why. Jesus says it in, in John chapter 7. This is living water. This is water, friends, that's unmatched. The world can't make water that's this good. It doesn't matter what the label looks like or how nice the bottle is. This is different water. This is water that makes you grow. This is water that has longevity. This is water that tastes so good that it doesn't matter what the world tries to fabricate or come up with. There is nothing better than the water that comes from heaven. And we've got to be people that know this water. Water, it's what makes you grow in Jesus. But it's also what makes you stay because when your spirit meets with the Spirit of God and you taste that water and you experience that thirst that goes away by only that water, man, nothing can compare with that. Water is what cleans us. That was number one. Number two, water is what grows us. Grows us how? It grows us in Jesus. And number three, it's what you've got to know about water. It's water, spiritual water that helps you bear fruit in your life. So the water, it goes over us, it cleans us. 
The water goes in us and produces the growth. But then it's also meant to be through us so that we would bear outward fruit for the spiritual life that we were always meant to live. You remember the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree? Why did Jesus, the Son of God, flip out at a fig tree? Like he gets pretty upset at this fig tree. It was a representation of what the people of God had become. Fruitless. Unable to help. Unable to be a blessing. No longer having the resources to change the world around them. This is why it's so important that you bear fruit. This is why it's so the burden for me, I think, in Planet and Flourishing, I've, I've come to discover, is I don't want Colonial Church to be a fruitless church. I want Colonial Church to have an impact in our city. I want people to drive by this building and say, that's actually a church that's doing some good in our city and actually changing the landscape and people's lives. Because we're meant to be people that produce fruit. Why? So that we could experience good fruit. So that we could actually say, oh, this is so nice. I have all this fruit. I have all this increase. I have all this blessing. No. It's so that other people would experience what you've experienced as well. And they would get the water and they would realize, oh my gosh, where has this been my whole life? This is water that actually helps other people. Jeremiah 17, let's read it again. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And he's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease. I pray we'd be an unceasing people to bear fruit. Trees that are watered, roots that are planted, leaves that are green, a life that does not fail to produce fruit. That's your life. And I want to prophesy it over you today. That the purposes of God in and through you is not so you would be blessed. It's not so even your kids would be blessed. You will be blessed no matter what if you have Jesus. But there are people on the other side of your yes. There are people on the other side of your faith. There are people on the other side of your, oh, can I do this or can I not? Yes, you can because God has done it for you. So he will do it for someone else as well. And I believe, I believe there's some believing happening today. I believe there's some breakthrough happening, that we're getting through some walls today and you're going to come to a place in your life where you're like, yes, when I go to work tomorrow, God didn't give you your job so that you would just have your job. That's not the point. That's part one of 10 parts. And the other nine involve other people. Can I just encourage you? There's fruit on the other side of the water in Jesus' name. If there's no blessing, there must be a water issue. If there's no blessing and there's no fruit, it must mean there's no water. Things must have dried up. Can I encourage you? The grace of God is this. You just need a little water. You just need a little touch from Jesus. You just need to be in an atmosphere of faith. You just need to show up to a group. You just need to be in church. And God will give you the rain. And God will water your spirit. Would you stand with me? Where does this water come from? Same place it always has. It comes from heaven. 
And the Old Testament people of God used to look to the skies. What do we do? We look to heaven. And we ask God, God, would you water my spirit? Would you, would you send the, the early rains and would you send the latter rains to come into my life and water the ground to produce the harvest and the fruit that changes people? Let's pray. God, I just pray right now over every single person that's here. Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, clean us with your water, Lord. Thank you that you have through Jesus that you've made us clean. Father, we thank you as we continue to trust you for the water to come, that you keep us clean, that you constantly sanctify us, Lord, that we are being saved, God. But Father, I thank you that you're now using us. And Lord, I thank you that you're planting trees today. Father, I thank you that you're producing growth today. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would use people in a mighty way to become strong in you, to grow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to become a blessing in the world around them, God. And thank you for the fruit that isn't yet on the vine, but will come. And Father, I pray you'd give us the courage and the faith to pass it on to others in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing together. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.